Welcome, welcome Black, welcome Black, all my friends, to the show I like to call the Isaiah Cooper Podcast. <laughs> Hello folks, and my friends, you're not just folks, you're my friends, you're, that's probably, that's all, at this point, the only people listening to the podcast are probably my friends. Which is just fine. It's strange to me that my friends like me enough to not mind sitting down and only listening and only listen to me talk to them for, uh, I don't know, sometimes it's been like an hour. The last episode, the last episode was like 50 minutes long and that is crazy. Anyway, super excited, super pumped. Um, uh, this episode should be a lot of fun. Got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Uh, let's see. I want to talk about, we'll talk about motivation and we can talk about, uh, dang, what was the other thing? Oh yeah. The straw men. We'll talk about straw men of journeying, which that might not make any sense, but I'll explain it. I'll, I'll elaborate on what that actually means. And then we'll go into, uh, a nice little, story type thing at the end, which I had a lot of fun with when, when I heard about it, it was, but I'm all pumped. I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm sitting here with, of course, my cup of my, my cup of coffee. Let's, here we go. Ready? You can hear all my mouth noises and like my shirt ruffling. That's like the, the signature, um, MO of, of uh soap operas is like complete dead silence and then nothing but like shirt ruffling like you know that like they're sitting there talking to each other and it's silent and you just hear their mouths popping just when they talk Ugh, god soap operas are the worst they're the worst <laughs> it's such an unnatural form of entertainment look folks we know we're existential creatures there's a beginning and an end to life and we know this how could you possibly watch a show for like 20 years? It's not, and that, that's not the news. Like it's a, it's a fictional, that it's a fictional story being told over the course of 20 years. Golly, that's bananas. I don't know how you do it. That's, that's a lot invested. You know, if you look at your life on a timeline, right? Uh, and you, so you, you, you just say this, this was my time on earth and you say, and then you can you could see how much time you spent watching a soap opera. Like, you spent that much time in this fictional, 20 years in this fictional reality with these people. Golly, I didn't plan on talking about that one. <laughs> uh, holy cow, it's just on Facebook, you know, so much blowing up about this fat Jew, this fat Jew stealing jokes. Um... I probably know just as much as anyone else because I knew nothing of it until about two days ago. And I haven't Googled it or anything. It's just I see this stuff on Facebook. I scroll down and I see um, this guy stealing jokes. And now I'm a comedian um, and at, uh, that's, that's like my thing that I like to do. I like to tell jokes. I've been writing jokes for quite some time. 14 years, or not 14, until I was 14 years old, I've been writing um writing jokes and getting on stage and stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's to, okay. So me, to me in, in the comedy world, writing is, um, you know, if you don't have jokes, it's your fault. That's that you got all the time in the world to be writing jokes. Uh, but I guess it's easier. And I don't know how you could possibly assume to get away with stealing jokes. It's such a frowned upon thing. Nobody, it's never worked for anybody uh, even people that accidentally, accidentally have um, like a similar premise to someone else get just just hoosered for this kind of shit. So what makes you think you can build any sort of career career on this? Thing? I mean, look at Carlos Mencia and how how that turned out for that fucking yakko. You know what I mean? It's just it's bananas. It's it's a uh, it's a different thing. I mean, he did. Get, here's the thing. At the end of the day, he won. Right, because we all know who he is. There's John uh, or Keikel or whatever. <laughs> See what I did there? I called him a kike. I could do that. I'm taking it back. That's my word. 
Mr. I could say that if I friggin' want to, call this guy a kike. No one uses the word anymore. You know how bad that word is? Word's so bad that you don't even hear it on television. And I guess a lot of people might argue it's because the kikes run the tele- <laughs> kikes run TV. <laughs> oh, fucking A. Come on, everybody. Who gives a shit? I'm, I'm Jewish. We're all Jewish. We're all... Who cares, right? It's a word, and this we're 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 using this word in context of. I'm not, I don't have to explain myself. Whatever. The guy, he's a jerk, and and you know, like I said, at the end of the day, he wins because uh, he is right. You know, see, he's trending very highly on Twitter, and he's on our tongues. He's on my tongue right now. I'm speaking about him, so he gets what he wants. He gets what he wants, doing some really fucked up shit. So there you go, guys. You know what I think? I think we should have open sourced jokes. You know, there's open source programming, there's open source, uh, you know, crowdsourced and crowdfunded, all sorts of things. They've written scripts this way, they've put together entire projects. Why not open source some jokes? Huh? I tried that one. Dude, if you can get a comedian to open source their jokes, oh my god. I tried this one. I didn't really try it once, but I, I, I made some goofy Facebook posts about it, and nobody was having it. I've tried to give my jokes away so many fucking times. It's comedy is is such a strange, strange thing. Uh, I don't even know. It's um, people. It's 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 like I said. I wasn't really prepared to to delve into this and and work into it. But um, like I said, there's a lot of strangeness surrounding. Like there's 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 billions of people in the world and in all aspects of create creativity we're standing on the shoulders of giants uh in science in art and everything like nobody if you lock if 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 you were to take any artist and lock them in the room before they were exposed to the world do you think they would have created the same art and this they wouldn't have because all of their art are styles and techniques and ideas and things that come together in from out from outside of them in through them and in that way create something new. So I mean, there's nothing original about any of it. Nothing is original. But I mean, this guy is blatantly copying verbatim um, what these people say. But I think you know, I do think it would be kind of fun to open source some jokes. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, you come up with a premise, and then everyone like just you have these accumulations of like crowdsourced jokes. That would just be the the humans. We wrote this for us, by us, and uh, we're all going to laugh at it. That'd be kind of fun. Huh. Nice. <laughs> anyway, so fuck that guy. Fuck that kike. <laughs> uh, he's got what coming, what is coming to him. I guess I just saw that he, he had, I didn't even know he had a pilot on Comedy Central, but, um, you know, it's gone now because... Uh, you know, they got so much shit. Carlos stealing jokes and whatnot, and uh, nobody liked that. Destroyed the guy's career. So, yeah, it'll probably destroy this guy's career. He might come back and do something else. But, um, like I said, he he is on everyone's tongue, and he kind of gets what he wants that way. Um, publicity is pu- publicity is publicity, right? Anyway, um, to answer some other common questions that we get. Uh, out here on the podcast, you know, I say we, but there's no we, it's just me, you know, and I hope one day there'll be a we, um, for instance, yesterday, spent a lot of time, was finally able to get my Skype to record phone calls, yeah, so now, all I need is some friends with some free time, and uh, we'll have some other people here on the podcast, and that'll be a lot of fun. We have uh, some hiker friends, we have some cyclist friends, all with really great stories and fun conversations, really insightful shit, a little bit more insightful than me, maybe a little less crass. And I don't care, you know, who, like I said, again, I speak freely. I want to speak and, and say these things. I'm not trying to be hurtful to anyone. Uh, they're all just, you know, words, and words are like the smallest aspect of human communication, uh, you know, you have context, you have uh, tone, uh, mood, there is inf- just inflection in the way you're saying things. So, I mean, like I said, words are some of the smallest aspects of the overall 
way that we communicate to each other. And just because I say the word fuck, kike, dick, cunt, whatever the fuck I'm saying, when it's put into context, uh, that that weighs more heavily than the word itself. And I think we all know what's going on here. Anyway, so uh, where the fuck was I going with that one? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, so we. There is no one else here but me. But some another question that we get is... Um, Motive, like I or that I have got is motivation. Like, how do you keep motivated? And uh, I keep motivated a number of different ways. A number of different ways to stay motivated, keep your eyes on the prize, and just to keep happy. One of my ways, and this is kind of what reminded me as I brought my uh, this sound program up to record this episode of the podcast. I, my, my, I saw my desktop, and a very beautiful picture was on my desktop. Now, I have a folder on my computer, and this is something common that a lot of people do, but if you don't do this, this is something that's great, uh, something that's really great to do, is to just have a folder on your computer that your desktop, and, and anytime you see a photo that you really, really like on uh, the internet somewhere, just take that photo and put it put it in that folder whether if and especially if it's folders of like good scenery, big mountains, oceans, temples, these kind of things like I have all kinds of pictures, hundreds and hundreds of pictures that I have in this folder and then it, my my computer cycles through them like every 5 minutes so it's a new desktop. So I'm always seeing something new because you get used to your desktop. Like even if you have a really beautiful picture on your desktop, after a while it just becomes part of the background, you know, it just becomes there. It's just noise, like you don't really see it anymore. But if it's always something new and it, like, you, sometimes you'll stop and you'll be like, man, look at that. And that's such a great motivation. Like, it, you'll stop for a second, you'll look at it and be like, you know, that's some Irish moor somewhere or some incredible mountains on the John Mauer Trail or something like that. And, mm. and, and that just little instant it's a it's a lot of things like this this isn't one thing that's going to sorry Ugh. this isn't just one thing that's going to uh, motivate you to do something but you know it's a lot of things stacked on top of each other and when you have these little reminders every single day that the beauty of the world exists um, that adds up and it, and it helps you not only stay positive but kind of look towards your goals and, and do those kind of things so just like right now, the Matterhorn just came up on the on my background, and that's so beautiful. The Matterhorn, I'm gonna see that thing one day. I will definitely see. Holy cow! Am I gonna sneeze? Here we go, guys. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's the saddest sneeze. Oh, anyway, but on top of that, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of other things. Uh, I draw a lot of inspiration from just all sorts of art. Here we go. <laughs> I don't typically sneeze like that, but I thought it'd be fun. Um, so yeah, there are uh, a lot of ways to stay motivated. I watch a lot of cartoons, guys. We'll get more into that later, but those help me motivate as well. Movies, all kinds of things. Even if it's something super trivial, just your stereotypical hero's tale. Um, that we've seen a million times. Act like you haven't seen it a million times. Try that one out, huh? <laughs> and and uh, watch it with fresh eyes. And help it motivate you in your life. That's what you got to do. Uh, quit looking at the world so dismally because it's a beautiful place out there. Anyway. So yeah, those are uh, a lot of ways to stay motivated. And another way, um, something else is like having goals, but not just having one goal or one thing to look forward to, I've found. Uh, I've found that in my life, when I have a long-term goal and a, sh and, and a short-term goal, those, those two things coupled really make day-to-day -day life fucking awesome. And what I mean is that, let's say I have a plan to go to Asia in a year which I don't, uh, I might, but I don't. So that's, that would be a long-term goal. Way out, very, very far away, long-term goal. And then a short-term goal would be something that I'm looking to looking forward to day-to-day uh, -day or like week-to-week. -week. So for instance, doing this podcast, that's something short-term that motivates me uh, like day-to-day -day and week-to-week. Like I'll th it's, it's something I'm thinking about. I wake up in the morning, I'm excited about it. 
I'm excited to think about it and to maybe record a podcast that day. So that's something that gets me through day to day because if you just have a long-term goal really far off in the future, like you have a vacation set for yourself, for instance, like, oh, I'm going to Italy in December, um, that's great, but you know, it's hard to have that good thing that you're looking forward to to keep you motivated every single day that you wake up. That you know, you're gonna wake up and there's gonna be other little things in your life that'll get to you and get you down, and it'll distract you from the happiness of looking forward to the thing in December or looking forward to that thing in December brings you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, because you know, looking forward to big things like that do bring you happiness. I think so, or to me, they bring me happiness, and then of course, actually going on them, so or, or actually going and and doing these these larger things. But um, so yeah, if you if you can plan something larger for yourself far away that you you and and not to say that you aren't working towards that every day a little bit, but it can you can lose sight of it. You can lose sight of putting the money away for that big event uh, every day, and and lose sight of of the excitement that that brings you. So yeah, having other things. So you know, there's other things in my life. A little extra extracurricular activities that I like to indulge in, you know, comedy and podcasting and some other shit like that. So that is, uh, isn't that some some fun shit? These are things you can do to make yourself or to help yourself uh, go out and do something. So make a plan for yourself. Uh, find something that you want to do and set a goal towards it and work. Work towards it, guys. Work towards it, and then um, you know, find some day to day to look at. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. So now, straw men, the straw men of journeying. What does this mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? Well, where do I begin? I begin with when you are doing something like. Hiking, uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail, or riding your bike across country, um, or maybe you would experience this in in college, uh, or anywhere where there are groups. There's a big, there's a group of people all sort of doing the same thing that has some sort of larger end goal. Ah, I got a. One moment, guys. I gotta blow my nose. I don't want to make you you hear this. I one moment. Sorry. Woo! I used to have a construction job, and uh, the dust at the construction job would get up my nose, and it would make my nose run profusely. And all the Mexicans would call me Elefante because I would I would blow my nose like just snot rocket, and uh, it sounded like an elephant, I guess, right? <laughs> But that's definitely why I didn't want to blow my nose on here. You don't want to, you don't want to hear that shit. That was just an empty coffee burp. There was nothing important about that. Mm. But yeah, so the straw men. So you experience these people. Uh, you so anyone that's in, you might have experience with this, and the experience is with huge, big, fat, floppy egos. All right. Um, for instance. When you're hiking on the Appalachian Trail and you meet another hiker, let's say you're five, six hundred miles in today, in in um, into your hike, you'll meet another hiker, and one of the first questions you, they will ask you is, "So, uh, where did you, where did you start from today?" Right? Which is a very common question because you know you want you just want to know like, well, I started, I didn't see you today, or were you in front of me, were you behind me, did you pass me at some point, like, you're just trying to catch a bearings, but, catch bearings with these people, but there's something, there's something else underlying these questions, or that question, specifically, and it's, how many miles has this person hiked today? Uh, we are competitive creatures, instinctually and naturally. So we want to measure ourselves uh, against our other people, against other people. You want to, This is something that's very natural. And so you want to know, oh, uh, well, I hiked 12 miles today. And the other person goes, oh, well, I hiked 15 miles today, right? And uh, who cares? Who who cares? Like like I said, even though this is an instinctual thing that that happens, um, 
it's something that I it, I could not stand dwelling on. And and the longer it goes on, and you, and and the longer you're out there, like so, if you're out there for a couple weeks, right? This might not be something that you necessarily notice, but the longer you're out there hiking, and the more you continue to meet people, these questions begin sticking out in your mind. You begin realizing the information that these people are really digging for isn't so much to know, oh, like where did you actually start from? They just want to know if they were hiking farther than you did that day. They want to know how much better they are than you. Uh, which is, again, obviously this huge, this, it just comes from such a huge place of ego. Um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people, it's, it, do you like, do you want to be out hiking the Appalachian Trail so that when you finish, you can go home and tell people you hiked the Appalachian Trail? Or do you want to hike the Appalachian Trail because you crave a fellowship with nature? Um, you know, in a lot of different, uh, a lot of different hobbies and things in life, there are people that, for instance, uh, a poser. I mean, these people aren't necessarily posers, right? But a poser is someone who, uh, like, I dress like a drummer or I act like a drummer. I'm always drumming on my lap, but I'm not actually a drummer. I like the idea of being a drummer, but I don't want to put in the work of actually learning how to drum, you know? And that's th that's where these people come from, you know? They, they want... Everyone wants to be a thru-hiker, but ain't nobody want to climb up these big-ass mountains. And that is a retrofitted, I don't know if retrofit would be the proper word, but it's an, it's an adapted quote from Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> uh, but so so what, what we do is, and you run into these people, and some of these people are have like huge egos, right? So that's like the average person. And what are you going to do? Like average people are going to ask, hey, where are you coming from, whatever. But some of these people are like triple crowners, which means they've hiked the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide, right? These are the three massive long-distance trails in America. There are a bunch of other long-distance trails, but these ones are the massive ones. And if you hike the three of these, you have your triple crown, right? And that's a big, you have a lot of girth, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're, um, how do I want to say this? You're hiking uh, prowess is girthy at that point. Like, you've got a lot of experience underneath your, your belt. And you really, when you come up to a table and there's other hikers sitting there and you look at them and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're hiking the Appalachian Trail. You just want to show them how much better you are than them and really just knock that, lay that thing, unzip it, pull it out, lay that thing on the fucking table and let it really just make a loud noise when it smacks down on the table and tell them, oh, well, I'm working on my triple crown. I'm so much better than you. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't offend me. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt me that they want to be better than who I am because most people I've come to terms with are better than me at most things, right? But it's that I have to waste, I know when I'm communicating with these people what is happening and then I have to waste my time dealing with the situation when it's just like, look, dude, uh, you want me to just tell you that you're better than, here, you're better than me. Let's move on and talk about some other shit because this is such a waste of my fucking time. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, this being the situation uh, or this being something, and it happens in all aspects of, I mean, let's say even if you have, it's like, it's like somebody trying to find out your GPA or somebody trying to find out your... Um, like, you're just trying to measure yourself. It's like, who the fuck cares? You know what? Here's here's a quote. This is my quote. I, I came up with this quote. I love this quote, right? This goes, the hardest part about being so cool is not telling anyone about it. It's that simple. Just be cool, and that's it. The hardest part of being so cool is not telling anyone about it. That's it. Because as soon as you, if you have, if you're like a triple crowner and you're this really cool dude, 
as soon as you walk up and tell everyone how cool, if like, if you're cool, it'll just radiate out from who the fuck you are. And people will learn later on. They'll be like, Oh, like somehow they'll find out that you are a triple crowner or that you've hiked the PCT and the CDT. And now you're doing this. Like, you don't have to say anything, but as soon as you do say something, it's goes, Oh, so you did all those things to come here and tell us that you did those things. And now you're not cool anymore <laughs> because that's not, you know, you just do those things because those are the things you want to do because they better who you are, not so that you can go and tell people that you've done these things. And here I am making a podcast about hiking and stuff like that. <laughs> oh man, fuck off. I'm, this is, this whole thing is, is in a different spirit. This is just in good storytelling and, and telling you things that'll make you laugh and motivate you and move you along and whatnot. That's what I'm doing here. But anyway, you know, the hard, like I said, the hardest part about being so cool is not telling anyone about it. And that's all I'm trying to say. So where do the straw men come in? So this being the situation and this being the whole thing, um, the group of people that I, that I hiked with, we all felt pretty much the same about this sort of ego contest, this swinging around the, your big floppy girth in everyone's face, right? And so what we did on the Appalachian Trail, and then I also transferred this over to the um, uh, uh, when I was cycling. And of course, you can do this in any aspect of life. Wherever you can see it will fit, you can do this as well. We built straw, uh, a straw man. We built these straw men who were, they were the, the biggest egos by far. So if we met anyone, let's say we did meet somebody who who was hiking 30 miles, like how many miles did you hike? 15? How many miles did you hike? Tw uh, 20? And then some guy would be like, oh, well, I hiked 30 today. And I'm also a triple crowner, right? So we we built a fictional person that was 10 times better than any real person, right? <laughs> And if there was a real person that maybe had something that was better than this fake person, the fake person automatically had it times 10 again. So he was always the best, right? He was a straw man. He was this big, and, and we did this on purpose and we would talk about it so that the other hikers, because you have to make an extreme example to have people understand these things. So we created this, this hiker and his name was Maximus Thorson. And um, on the Appalachian Trail, there are... Uh, shelters all along the way, which are just like these, they're three-sided lean to, so there's there's three walls, and they're up off the ground a little bit, uh, maybe like a foot or two feet, and there's three walls, and then there's a roof on it, and uh, they're probably about, they're usually like seven, eight feet deep, or no, sorry, six to like seven feet deep, and then maybe like 10, 12 feet long, and you can sleep, you know, a number of hikers in these things at, at any given time, but with all these shelters, there's a shelter log, uh, it's just a composition notebook and people will write little messages in there. They'll sign it like, you know, your trail name, like, Hey, just stopping in. But because there are no other humans around for like, you're not standing in a conversational forum. Like you're not standing there going and, and like, um, you don't have a way to weasel into the conversation. How many miles you've hiked that day. So many people took it upon themselves to just because there's no guilt attached to it. There's nothing. Like all you do is you you have your book open, you have the the shelter log open, and you can just write down in the shelter log, "Ooh, I hiked." Yeah, and you just sit there and you can slowly stroke it while you write down how many miles you hiked that day. You can look at everyone else's and see how how far everyone else hiked. Cuz that's the one of the things everyone is doing is they're just measuring. They're just measuring. It's like, "Can we not just fucking have a good time out here?" and enjoy ourselves, do we have to be fucking measuring every aspect of this fucking, it's just, it's silly, right, so these people, they write, write down in there, just hiked, just hiked 12 miles, only, it's only 10 o'clock in the morning, just hiked 12 hours, it's like, we want me, I wish there was a guy that would just fucking run out of the woods right as they rode it, and come up to him, and just pat him on the back, oh, good job, good job, <laughs> And that guy was me. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But I mean, you you know, at only 10 o'clock, just hiked 15 miles, got another 15 to go. Woo! You know, and you read me uh, uh, log after log after log of these messages. 
And then we would take this fake person who is Maximus Thorson and we would write down, uh, just hiked 30 miles. It's only seven o'clock. You know, it's whatever these per- people said. And then it's 10 times worse. And you do this because it's funny, right? First of all, you're, you're in a way sort of poking fun of, of these people, which it was, um, who cares? <laughs> like, it's, it's just something fun. Like, I'm not making fun of these people. And I guess you could just ignore these people. But it's something fun to play with, right? Because you, like I said, you encounter it so often, and it's so often that it's in your face these people are talking about it. So whenever these people start talking about however many miles they've hiked or all this kind of stuff... You can just bring up this person. Oh, yes, Maximus Thorson. Have you heard? He hiked 80 miles in two days. And he's on, and he didn't sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can just... His pike... Uh, how light is your pack? Oh, your pack is 12 pounds? Maximus Thorson has a six-pound pack. He doesn't have a sleeping bag or pad or tent. He only has a bag of peanut butter. <laughs> Oh man, so it's like whatever anyone is, Maximus Thorson is just the best. And that's and and by a long shot too. So that is that would be a straw man. And then we I carried it over to to biking because it was the same thing in biking. You know, you would meet these people like, Oh, how many miles did you ride today? I'm like, oh fucking and they're like, Oh yeah, well I'll be riding ninety miles today. I have another twenty miles to ride and I've only rode eighty miles today. And it's just it's mind-numbing. It's not even mind-numbing. Like I said, it's just draining, you know, because you see where, like, as soon as they tell you that they're just trying to, like, you, you meet a man, and they're talking to you, and the, first, the, the what they're trying to do is almost immediately and blatantly establish dominance within whatever short-term relationship this is going to be. We met each other two minutes ago, and we'll probably know each other for another three minutes. What does it matter if you were the quote-unquote dominant person in this situation? Like, who gives a fuck that you're biking another hundred miles more than I have? Like, what does it matter? Like, I, it's it. I think it insults me to for that person to think I give a shit, and I give a shit. Yes, enough to be talking about it now, <laughs> right? To say that I don't give a shit. But it's, I'm out here doing these things because that's just what I want to be doing. Like, it's so much fun to, like, I've I've said this a million times in every single podcast, like, there's magic in the world, there's magic out there, and the only way to see that magic is to go out there and experience it, and to go out there and do these kind of things. And so... I mean, that's, that's why I'm out there doing it. I'm out here to meet interesting people and see cool places and whatnot. Not like if I wanted to measure my girth, I would go run a fucking race. I would go run a marathon and put my time and speed against other people. But that's not what I'm trying to do. So in the cycling thing, we came up with another one and it was the person's name was Ted Trecker. He was, he was a German. Hello, my name is Ted Trecker. I have just cycled 200 miles. I haven't slept in three days. (laughs) I wake up every morning and I ride 200 miles down the trail to scope out and to spot my my next day's trail. And then I ride back to get there at three in the morning. I sit for half an hour and I think about sleeping. I don't actually sleep. And then I get on my bike and I ride the 200 miles that I just went back and forth on. It's great fun. <laughs> so it's just whatever. Any if anyone um, tells me or says, I, I don't know. You know, like I said, it's it's the it's the uh, the straw man. He has to be the best cyclist that there has ever been, and he has to be better. He's the in fact, you know, Ted Trekker is the only cyclist who has cycled through the Himalayas. Up and down through the Himalayas, he actually uh, learned a special riding technique from the monks in Tibet. As he rode by them, he saw them jumping from rock to rock, and he he watched and instantly was able to translate their running style to a cycling style. And it's how he got up and through this Himalayas. <laughs> People will tell you, well, I rode all the way to Alaska. It's like, yes, well, Ted Trekker 
road all the way to Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. I hope to I hope to but Jesus I was I have done an adequate um adequate job at speaking about this. I'll I'll speak more about it when I have someone else on the when I have someone else on the podcast as well. Um I'm trying my my hardest not to come across as like bitter and and like angry with this. You know what I mean? But I do hope you see where I'm coming from and to see that uh, if you want to go out and do things like this and have fun, do it because that's why you want to do it, not because you want to go and measure yourself against, again, whatever, you know, you can do whatever you want, but really don't, just don't be that person. Those are, those, we as a human species, I believe are, are moving past this sort of measuring and becoming better than other people. We should want to do things just because this is life and we are trying to experience it and we're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to, to better ourselves through experience. You know, we have this whole entire planet and billions of people on it in such a very short time. Why do we spend our time trying to be better than the other people rather than just trying to experience the other people and these places? That's what I'm trying to get at. And, and these straw men, like you build them up bigger than anybody and just let them topple over. And hopefully, and hopefully in doing this, you know, you make such an absurd point that people go, oh, you know, when somebody shows up and they try telling someone else how many miles they've, they ride, they think of, oh, Ted Trekker does that because it's such an extreme example. And then they can think, oh yeah, uh, I'm kind of being a bit of a, a Ted Trekker, aren't I? Or a Maximus Thorson. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that is the straw men. Those are the straw men of journeying. And, you know, it's the same thing with people telling you how much money they have and all this kind of stuff. Um, but in any aspect of life that I'll be in where I'm doing something similar to this, uh, I will most definitely be building a straw man to sort of, because it's a fun way to take to, it's a fun way to take, to go on your journey. Uh, having this imaginary character that's better than everyone else. <laughs> oh man, it's great. It's wonderful. So that is that. And let me blow my nose one more time. Golly, got those fucking. I'm stuffed. I'm stuffed. Alrighty. So that was that felt good. Anyway, so there is your those are your straw men and uh, yeah. So let's move into uh our last little thing here and this is something uh so um ah man how do I want to start okay so every single town i i can safely say in america uh and probably in the entire world is known for something i don't care if 20 people live in that town. I don't care if five people live in that town. That town's known for something, right? It is the nth of, like, the nth degree of something. Is that the proper way to say that? Fucking A, man. You guys really just find out how stupid I am every single time. Like, as the minutes roll by with these podcasts, you just realize how dumb I am. (laughs) But, so basically what I'm saying is, uh, so I was on my bike, I rode my bike into this place called Cassidy, Kansas. And I think Cassidy had a population of like two or 300, right? And they had a big, huge sign that said, Cassidy, the prairie chicken capital of the world, right? Now, first of all, I didn't see any prairie chickens while I was there. Not a single damn one. But then again, I've never seen a prairie chicken I don't even know what a prairie chicken is, but that's the capital of the entire world as far as prairie chickens go. That's what I mean. So every single town, and if you're in some town right now, I guarantee you, you can name even your hometown. Let's see. I was born in St. Albans, Vermont. I'm pretty sure they uh, they had they built the world's largest pancake at some time, or it was like America's largest pancake or something. I think even Ben and Jerry's. Um, had the world's largest Sunday was in, they put that thing together in St. Albans, Vermont. See, every single, every single town 
has something that it's known for. Something. Um, Rush Center, I think, had a population of about 100, right? Rush Center, Kansas. And uh, they had a sign that said, the world's largest St. Patrick's Parade. Didn't say St. Patrick's Day Parade. Oh, no, and it just said the largest, and it didn't say that, so it wasn't, I don't know if it was the largest in the world, or the largest in the county, or, I don't know, but it just said the largest St. Patrick's Parade, and this town was literally, had like a little uh, gas station, a road, and then there was a, a tiny park type thing, and that was the entire, you're looking at the whole town right there, um, I mean, maybe if they did the parade, so the size of, par- size of parade to size of town ratio, I guess the the parade could could literally take up the entire town, right? So the entire stretch of the town could be the parade, and then they wouldn't even have to move. You know, they could just stand there, and there's no point in walking in a direction because that's it. There's nowhere to walk. That's the whole town. <laughs> so I guess in that way, right? <laughs> But uh, every every single place has something that it's known for. Now, uh, there was this other place. Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave that place out. Uh, that's a very special story and a very special thing. I'm not even going to give you the name because I don't want you to go Google it and ruin it for yourself. I want you just to wait patiently for very close. Or I mean, he became close. I only knew the man for about four days, but we we had a, we met in this little town. And we had a wonderful time. And I know when I have him on the podcast, we're going to talk about it. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, And if he's not on the podcast, then I'll have to try to tell it myself. I'm not even going to give you the name. But I will tell you about this other thing. I I split up from him uh, after I think my, my spokes on my bike started to pop off. On my back tire, they started to pop off. And uh, there was... we got to a road and he had to, or we had to continue on this road going in another direction, but three miles on the other road brought you into a town where there was a bicycle shop. So I had to go into this other town to go to the bicycle shop because my shit was completely fucked. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? And, uh, that town was Granby, Colorado, G R A N B Y. Colorado, Granby, Colorado, population, uh, 1500, beautiful little town, beautiful little town, it's sort of in this area where it's, it's a little, uh, you know, you got the mountains, it's in a park, so the Colorado is separated up into, like, parks, you know, these big, you know, the Rockies, these big mountain ranges, and then they, um, there's, like, these large, massive valleys that are, like, parks, you have, like, South Park and North Park and West Park, um, I believe Granby is in West Park, so it's west of Denver on, you know, in the mountain ranges down in the, in this valley and whatnot, and it's, uh, it's a little, it's kind of deserty, but not really, like, you're still up in the mountains, beautiful, beautiful area. Um, anyway, I spent a number of days in this, in this town, and, uh, I spent a lot of time at the library, and I was at the library one day, and I was sitting out front, a guy rode by on his bike, and his back tire was flat. So I said, hey, man, you want me to pump up your tire for you? It's a little flat. And he said, sure thing. And he came over, and I pumped his, I aired his tire up. And uh, this guy was in the town. He, he lived there, but he was always riding around on his bike. I had seen him a couple times. And then the next day, I ended up, you know, I spoke with him a little bit. And then the next day, he showed up to where I was, I was camping in the city park by this river, um, kind of away from, it was called Kaibab Park. You're not really supposed to camp there, actually. But uh, I would go to bed when the sun went down, and then I'd wake up before the sun came up and pack all my stuff up so nobody really knew the difference. You know, no one will get too mad at that, you know. But um, he was there in the morning. He was riding his bike by, and uh, we actually sat down. He sat down with me, and we, we talked for a really long time. And then we ended up going to, uh, you know, back to the library. I had a, had a lot of things I had to take care of on the computer and whatnot. And um, he, I don't remember specifically how this came up, right? But he says, you know, 
Granby, Colorado is known for that big uh, bulldozer incident. And I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he's like, you don't remember that on the news years ago? He's like, maybe over 10 years ago on the news, the guy that modified a bulldozer and and he, he like went through and destroyed the town with it. And as he's talking, like he's telling he's telling me like all this stuff and, and my eyes are like growing like, uh, what? And and he's like, yeah. And at, we're standing right next to the computers. I He's still speaking and I just run right over to the computer and I sit down, get on that bitch and immediately look up Granby, Colorado, modified bulldozer. And as I'm typing it in, right, what comes up is Granby, Colorado, killdozer. <laughs> the Granby, Colorado, killdozer. And this was probably the most entertaining thing that I had discovered in weeks. Uh, it was, it was, I, I looked it up and, and got on the, the Wikipedia page, and there's no Wikipedia page for the incident, but there's a Wikipedia page for the man who created the incident, and his name is Marvin Hemeyer. What a name. <laughs> what a name, right? Now, Marvin Hemeyer uh, lived in Granby, Colorado, and he owned a, he owned a muffler shop. All right, and somebody, I guess he had some property, and he sold it off to a construction company or, or like a concrete factory, right? And they were supposed it was supposed to be constructed opposite of his muffler shop, and something happened where you know he sold some land or something like that, and then he changed the price, and so they. He felt they were using more land than he sold them. It was just, it was zoning dispute, right? Just a lot of big, dumb zoning dispute. But that set Marvin Hemeyer off his fucking rocker, <laughs> right? And um, he felt there was a lot of injustice done in Granby, Colorado by the bureaucrats and how they were running things and they were screwing people over. And um, so what he did was, within his muffler shop, he got himself a Komatsu D355A bulldozer and modified it into uh, a tank, basically. He turned the thing into a fucking tank and proceeded to destroy the town. <laughs> And when you, when I read this Wikipedia, now when I read Wikipedia pages, I typically only read like the the heading, like the first paragraph, like the first paragraph or two, and then that's it. But this thing, I read the entire Wikipedia page because it's it was just so interesting, right? Now, of course, a lot of information about Marvin's um, motives are, the information is taken from, you guessed it, his manifesto. Because you don't go off the fucking deep end and do some batshit crazy stuff like this and martyr yourself without, of course, writing your writing your uh, your manifesto, which he sent to his again, you guessed it, his brother. <laughs> this seems to be a, a reoccurring theme in these people and people like this live. So like uh, Dan, no, oh, what's his name? The Unabomber, I can't remember his name. Um, either way, I knew he, he 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 sent his manifestos to his brother as well. God, what's his name? Shit, let me take a drink of water while I think. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he's these people send their manifestos. So what he did is he wrote this. Um, his reasoning, and of course, you guessed it. I'm gonna say you guessed it like a million times because it's uh, there's so many cliches with this kind of stuff. Uh, God told him to do it. It was a mission from God, which uh, God really seems to tell people to do only do like batshit crazy stuff, uh, like bulldoze a town. <laughs> but uh, so he he wrote his manifesto and he sends it to his brother. And uh, you know, at one point in his manifesto, he 
he spent a year and a, he spent a year and a half modifying this this bulldozer. Now I will post on the Facebook page. There's of course very good helicopter footage of the Granby Killdozer taking out the town, and I'm going to post it on there. And you can see this thing. It looks it's it's you know you see the yellow bulldozer, and it's the bulldozer that has like tank treads, not tires. So this it a Kamatsu bulldozer is no ordinary like it's the bulldozer of bulldozers this thing is a fucking beast if you know what i mean and he what he did was he took um inch thick tool steel which is just these big sheets of steel i don't know if you if sometimes if they're doing construction on the road there'll be like these big uh like plates of steel that are just like covering up holes and stuff on the on the road uh so he took that stuff and then he he took like Two pieces on either, like on either, like uh, um, he made walls, right? He made walls with this stuff, and uh, they were a foot thick. So on either side of the of of a wall was an inch thick of 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 the steel, and then in in the middle, filling up the wall was uh, five thousand psi quickcrete or just like concrete, right? So he had concrete steel reinforced walls uh, surrounding him. And then he cut slits, gun slits, on on two sides of on like either wall. He cut he cut gun slits, right? And uh, I believe I don't remember what kind of guns he had pointing out these things. He had, um, <laughs> golly, I'm looking at pictures of this thing now. He had um, a gun out. He had like some 50 cal sniper out one side, and then on the other side, he had. Uh, God, what do you have on the other side? Some some assault sort of or semi-automatic assault rifle pointing out the other side, and he he used these guns to shoot out transformers and and propane tanks. Now you think a propane tank is going to explode, but I mean they've showed on MythBusters plenty of times that propane tanks don't necessarily explode when you shoot them. They usually just uh, lose all their propane. And he was just trying to cause destruction. He wasn't trying to blow things up and kill people even though they did call it a killdozer. But he, uh, so he blew out transformers with these guns and whatnot. Uh, so he had a, yeah, slid on either side. And then he had two cameras. And the cameras um, were mounted on the outside and then rigged to monitors inside the dozer so that he could see where he was going. And the cameras themselves were both covered with three inch thick plastic uh like bulletproof plastic so this guy thought of everything right man thought of everything um and in his manifesto he explains how to his brother how he he doesn't know how nobody missed him building this like how did nobody see me building this like there are people in my shop <coughs> Uh, one more. Here we go. Oh, fuck me. There were people in my shop, and I had a bulldozer and, like, a crane holding up, uh, like, a hole. And nobody once ever looked at it and was like, hey, what the fuck is that? What are you, what are you doing here? Nobody ever noticed or questioned or said anything, right? It was very strange. It took him a year and a half to build this thing. And, um, like I said, he thought of everything except for a door to drive this bitch out of, because on the morning of June 4th, 2004, he cranked that bitch up and plowed out of the wall, plowed through the wall of his muffler, of his muffler shop and proceeded to run a rampage through Granby, Colorado. Uh, let's see, let me, allow me to... The rampage. Let's see. The rampage lasted two hours and seven minutes, destroying 13 buildings. He knocked out natural gas service to the city and the cement plant and damaged trucks. So he destroyed the cement plant. He destroyed a. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a. Um. I thought there was a. Dang. I thought I had a list somewhere of all the things that he destroyed. I know he destroyed City Hall. 
he destroyed a bakery, he destroyed some, uh, there was a widow of a judge, he destroyed her house, um, he basically just went down Main Street plowing all the buildings, and, uh, you know, he's, and, and at one point they even had a scraper, you could see this in the video, which a scraper is like this huge machine that scrapes up road so that they can repave it, and they, <laughs> this, these people drive it up and park it in front of the dozer, and he just fucking scoots this bitch out of the way, it doesn't even, just doesn't even slow him down, keeps going, keeps destroying, you got SWAT team and cops, like, walking around the dozer, and they're, like, throwing flashbangs and grenades at it, and they're shooting it, and nothing's working, it's just bouncing off, like, ping, ping, and the guy, he's just, he's doing it, man, he, he put a year and a half of planning into this thing, and he was destroying this damn town, and they couldn't do jack shit about it, what are you gonna do, right, and, uh, finally, after, like, two hours, I think it was a flashbang, finally, like, blew his radiator, and uh, he was leaking a bunch of fluids, which isn't the thing that necessarily stopped him, but it was, like, slowing him down, and he was plowing through a uh, hardware store in Granby, and his his tank tread, or his, sorry, his killdozer tread fell into, there's a basement, so, like, one side fell into the basement, and he tried a little bit to get out, and then uh, officials and people that were standing around at the time said uh, it sat for about a minute, and then they heard a pop from the inside, and uh, it was it was all over. He he Meyer ended himself. He killed himself, right? And um, so at the end of it all, he caused seven million dollars worth of damage, uh, but he injured nobody except for himself. The only person that was hurt, or in any way, was himself. He killed himself, which is kind of ironic that they called it the Killdozer, seeing as how he was the only one uh, killed. But um, still some crazy ass shit. Now, after he was dead, they didn't just like hop up there and pull him out. It took them 12 hours of like torching, torch cutting this fucking thing to get in. Like 12 hours of cutting to pull this, this man's body out. Uh, so basically, once he got himself in there, this was his plan. He wasn't coming back out. He was martyring himself in that way. He was, he had this thing lowered on. It's once it once it got down on there, that was it. It was all said and done. He was in there, which was interesting because part of the specs as to like part of the specs of the dozer that he you know that he built were that he installed a fan system, a fan and air conditioning system inside the tank for, uh, you know, cause you know, when you, with, when you're going on a rampage, you're going to need some climate control, <laughs> even though you know, you're never getting back out of that thing. I think that's a bit extraneous. You know, if I'm, if I'm locking myself inside of, uh, a bulldozer and I know like that's it, I don't think being nice and comfortable is something I'm too worried about. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was, I thought that was an interesting fact that he added that he installed an air conditioning into the into the killdozer. Um, but yeah, so they did that. Uh, they pulled him out, and then they completely dismantled the whole dozer, and they sent it off. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they sent it off uh, to a bunch of different places because they didn't want anyone getting a piece of the dozer and like keeping it as like a souvenir. Because they really didn't want anyone to turn this guy into a hero. Um, I, I ended up speaking with a local, and the local said that he did, after this incident, uh, they did end up changing a lot of stuff. So, I mean, he kind of, it kind of worked, you know. It, it, it He got his point across, and um, th I guess some things were changed. But, I mean, obviously some things were changed. They had to rebuild half the fucking town. <laughs> um I thought that was really so. So that's that's the story of the Granby Killdozer. I thought that was a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, this was in June fourth, two thousand four. I will post the the Wikipedia page and of course the um, the YouTube video of of him driving around and, and destroying stuff. But uh, yeah, man, when I heard that, I I had a I had quite the time with that story. Interesting story. Any hoots? Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up, guys. You know what? 
this would this this is now our longest. This is our longest. But they just keep getting longer and longer, guys. I'm sorry, but you know, uh, psych. Not sorry. <laughs> this is fun. I have a lot of fun doing this. This is awesome. So let me make sure I got everything. All right. We did the straw men. We talked about straw men. Ted Trekker and Maximus Thorson, right? We talked about uh, motivation, right? And um, of course, we talked about the killdozer. Excellent. So. Yeah, guys, that is sweet. So this is this was episode number three of the podcast, and um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I keep saying this in every podcast. We're going to have some people on here pretty soon, but now uh, the time is getting closer and closer. We will have somebody else on here soon and have a, a nice, fun, conversational podcast instead of a lecturing podcast for once. Ugh. Any toots. All right, guys. I love you. And then also remember that you can do anything. Stay motivated. Find some motivations in your life. And uh, and uh, stay happy, everybody. You can do anything. Okay. Take it easy. Bye-bye.